Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Today's episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast is brought to you by Poor Richard's Cafe and Star Local Media. Poor Richard's Cafe, Plano's oldest restaurant since 1973. They are open daily from 5.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m., serving the three most important meals of the day, breakfast, lunch, and dessert. It is true Texas homestyle cooking made with love and grit at his Poor Richard's Cafe, located off of Avenue K in Plano. Welcome to another episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch, sports editor at Star Local Media, and I am being joined by Brian Murphy and Justin Thomas. We got a couple teams that are headed to San Antonio later this week, so let's let's talk about it. Let's talk about the uh, the, the upcoming high school girls basketball state tournament. Some uh, some fascinating results this past weekend out at the uh, the respective regional tournaments. So let's weigh in on first off the uh, the state bound teams that we have. We have one in six A, mm-hmm. one in five A. Allen making its first ever trip to state. Uh, first school Liberty first second time second ever? time second time mm-hmm. in program history. So uh, yeah, Brian, we can start there because I think of all of the uh, all the highlights that were to come from this uh, you know this. This weekend of, uh, of regional uh, girls basketball, the the Randy Thompson with the uh, the, the Randy Thompson shot heard around the world mm-hmm. that uh, was obviously the I mean I don't know how many shots in the history of Liberty girls basketball are bigger than that one, but mm-hmm. you were right there as I mean, you were mentioning earlier that you were almost like in a catatonic shock <laughs> every <laughs> moment. Everyone was like in my video that I, that I tweeted out. You see, literally, I have a perfect shot of everyone on the the Liberty sidelines and the stands just go absolutely berserk like and i was thinking how cool is that like what other moment in in your everyday life do you just go nuts for something like that other than like some crazy buzzer beater shot in sports that's what's so cool about sports by the way like yeah so what happened yeah like sorry sorry (laughs) assuming that everyone's already seen it so seven seconds left lone stars up 35 32 on liberty uh liberty has the ball they call timeout they inbound the ball on the baseline and actually, no, they inbound the ball on the sideline. Um, but, but the play was designed for Randy Thompson, Liberty's best player, their top scorer. Uh, she's going to UNT. It's only fitting that you know I'm a UNT grad, and I was wearing my UNT shirt also. And we had a moment after the game, me and Randy did about that, Goldman Green. Uh, but the play was designed for her to come ar- along the baseline, double screen, pop up on the wing, get the ball, good look at a three. Um, there was also some other things that they wanted to try and get in there. They wanted to maybe sneak a pass into one. Mara Casey is what you know, Liberty head coach Ross Reedy told me. He said we were going to try and maybe get a cheap one since they knew they would be focusing on Randy Thompson. That one wasn't there. They had that covered. Um, then the double screen, she comes around the second screen, catches it much deeper, much further away from the basket than, than uh, Liberty would have liked. She had to have been about 30 feet away. Um, catches it. She releases the ball with .3 seconds left. I've watched the video you know, a million times. Literally gets it off just in time. Hits nothing but net. And the entire Liberty side just goes nuts. And then you just see everyone from Lone Star. They're right in front of me. They just deflate. In immediately, and it was just how could you not? <laughs> yeah, it is. You know, two totally different okay. perspectives on that game. It was, it was a really interesting way to to look at that, and you know, uh, Ross Reedy, he just throws his arms up in the air, and he's just looking around like, 
almost like, are you not entertained? Like, <laughs> but at the same time, he's like... Like he's a Russell Crowe gladiator. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but at the same time, I feel like it, when I initially saw that, yeah. I, I felt like he was just like, I can't believe this. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? Because, I mean... That's a, that's a destiny shot right there. <laughs> it really was. They, they kind of. I already had it tweeted out. I had the tweet typed out, final score, Lone Star 35, Liberty 32. I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> I even had it written down on my, on my stats, on my yeah. paper. I was like, I had the final score ready because I, I knew I was going to have to race around yeah. the Colwell Center to get down on the court and get these interviews in. And then that just put me in a, in a state of shock. Yeah. You know, I, I, was like, I was like halfway down the stands, too, well, when the shot went in. And I was just like, i got to go back up to the scores table now and watch overtime. I don't know how to, how to regroup after this. But. And then Randy Thompson... About so Liberty, then they hold the ball for about a good minute in overtime. Uh, you know, everyone's trying to regroup after that, uh, and then finally they take a shot, and it's another three pointer by Randy Thompson, mm-hmm. uh, her fourth three of the game, and she missed like her first like five or six shots of this game. She started off cold, but she had three threes in the fourth quarter. She then she hit a three for the first shot of overtime that really set the tone, and you know after making a shot like that to send it to overtime, you're not. Chances are you're not going to lose. You're going to go on and win that game. I, I don't know the odds, you know, uh, on that in, in previous games, but you have a, a be- way better chance of winning that game. You know, Lone Star was so deflated, and there was some controversy in overtime. Mm-hmm. So Lone Star scored a bucket, an easy bucket, made it forty to thirty-nine with a little over a minute left, somewhere in that range. And Coach Katie Stinton of Lone Star calls a, a phantom timeout. Mm. And pulled a Chris Weber. Pulled a Chris Weber, and she, everyone's confused. She's trying to explain herself, this and that. No, Randy Thompson gets two technical free throws. She makes one, misses the second, but Liberty gets the ball back. And so they have to foul again. Kaylin Lay goes to the line, and she doesn't miss. Yeah. Makes it a four-point game, a two-possession game. And iced it right there. Lone Star didn't score on the other end. Liberty gets the ball back. It's... And then it's pandemonium. They hang on to win 43-39. That matchup between Liberty and Lone Star is as close of a matchup. It's right there with the Colony and Little on Boys basketball. I don't know how close it is. It's the third time they played this year. Second time it goes to overtime. Now, it was the rubber match. Lone Star won the first one. Liberty won the second one. Liberty's ranked number 10 in the state. Lone Star's ranked number 11 in the state. It was a perfect way. Not Maybe not for Lone Star fans, but it was only fitting that that game was decided in overtime with the miraculous buzzer beater to, to really, really decide it. Because you feel for Lone Star, which has been right there mm-hmm. so many years now, and they would run into the you know, Timberview that, when they that's were at the peak of their powers, and then finally mm-hmm. another... In the Colony. Yeah, in the Colony, and then they're out mm-hmm. of the same region as Timberview, yeah. but now they run into their rival, and they just, they need the odds of, like, I don't know, like if you were to replay that last sequence there in the fourth quarter, just the odds of Thompson hitting that shot... The um, slim to none. It's you know, I mean, what? Because you were watching the highlight earlier. I mean, earlier, JT. Yeah. I mean, just that was that was deep. It could not have been executed any better, though. I mean, just a perfect nothing but net switch. And it was executed well on defense. They forced her to catch the ball way behind the line because you know you wanted her to get that ball right at the three point line. Mm-hmm. And the, the wing defenders on Lone Star are so good, so quick, so big and long that they were they were in Randy Thompson's grill and they mm-hmm. contested the three. And she just shot it. It was just a perfect shot. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. It literally hit nothing but net. And then pandemonium ensued. She, I, I, uh, our photographer, Glenn Gunn, I need to shout him out because he, he took a perfect shot where she's just like 
sliding but bent in a weird way. I don't, and she even tweeted after the game because I tweeted out that picture. She was like, I didn't know my, my body could move like that. <laughs> and then you see Ross Reedy with his hands up and Zion Richardson, uh, the stud for the, the boys team, you see him in the stands and he's like trying to jump over the, the rail. He's just going nuts. I tweeted him. I was like, is this yeah, you? And he's like, yeah, that was uh, I was in the process of going absolutely crazy. <laughs> it, was, it was awesome. And now uh, Liberty bound for the state semifinals. They draw a uh, tall order in the state mm. semifinals. 37-1, and one, I believe, uh, number three in the state. Something three in high. the state. Something yeah. high. Kerrville Tidy. Uh, I believe that's the Johnny Manziel alma mater. Uh, yeah. That game is uh, 7 o'clock Thursday down at the Alamo Dome in San Antonio. The following night on uh, on Friday, also at 7 p.m., Allen will make its state tournament debut. debut. The Lady Eagles, who um, last year you know had their deepest playoff run ever by advancing to the third round, they go... They won up that in a huge way this season as they are now bound for state for the very first time and uh, just continue this ever since the midpoint of district they've um, they've just shifted gears. This is now 12 consecutive wins, the longest winning streak of any of the four state semifinalists out of 6A and yeah at the regional tournament, both those games I was there for down at the uh, Ellis Davis Fieldhouse. A, an, abs- an offensive masterclass against uh, number two ranked Pflugerville Hendrickson. They hang 78 points on the number two team in the state, their fourth highest scoring <coughs> game of the season. And then um, and they follow that up with, I mean, having to overcome a 15-point deficit in the third quarter against district rival Prosper, a team that they are all too familiar with. Brian, you saw one game. I saw the other. I saw the one where Prosper blew them out with uh, kind of similar similar stuff into how Prosper built that 15-point lead. Um, but something about this Allen team in the fourth quarter or the second half, I mean, they're just, there is some mojo there right mm-hmm. now that you can't really you know put a... Uh, really put a uh, as to what to attribute it to but I mean I was just crunching some numbers and like so far in the fourth quarter at the regional tournament in those games against Hendrickson and Prosper you know two of the top you know both teams are state ranked Hendrickson number two Prosper 25 although Prosper was way better than the number 25 oh for sure and they had the best maybe the best player in the state too yeah. right now and Jordan Oliver yeah that was kind of disrespectful 25 ranked <laughs> really it's just the uh, it's the price we're playing in District 960 so. but nevertheless yeah in the fourth quarter in those games they outscored those two teams 56 to 30 overall at the regional wow. tournament or not overall in the tournament I should say in the playoffs Allen has scored 287 points and if you just kind of break that down quarter by quarter 20 about 25 percent have come in the first quarter 22% have come in the second quarter, 21% in the third quarter, and then 32% in the fourth quarter. Mm. Just something about those last eight minutes, it's go time. I mean, whether it was, you know, against Tyler Lee in the second round, they had 22 points through three quarters and then wind up just going nuts there in the fourth to mm. pull away in that one. Uh, they hit the game winner against Saxe as time expires. And then they were um, they went through a stretch against Hendrickson where they didn't, they didn't make a shot from the field for eight minutes bridging the second and third quarters and then from the six minute mark on in the third quarter i want to say they scored 27 points something crazy like that so they, i mean they just caught fire couldn't miss whether it was you know tyler jackson naya green Alyssa tarpley zoe mccrary i mean the entire arsenal was just i mean just went berserk and then obviously yes they were able to erase a 15 point deficit against one of the better defensive teams in the state a team that knows how to play allen as well as any team in the state and 
Uh, yeah, I mean, just some some huge makes down the stretch. You know, Nia Green, who was, a, you know, at a, you know, a, a rocky first couple quarters, she gets going there in the fourth. She scores nine of her 13 points. Tyler Jackson, who's just been just nails over the last few weeks, you know, she comes through with um, some, you know, a couple big uh, big buckets late in the third quarter that really kind of jump-started that run. Tyler Jackson was the best player on the floor when they played Prosper mm-hmm. and when they had that buzzer beater, you know, when the game I was at a couple weeks ago, Tyler Jackson, I've, if, if I was just watching that game, didn't know anything about any player, mm-hmm. I would have thought Tyler Jackson was the United yeah. States, or the McDonald's All-American. Uh, Zoe McCreary coming through with a couple big and ones mm-hmm. during that stretch, plus she had, to, she had to make some clutch free throws late. I mean, she was, when it got into intentional foul time, she was mm-hmm. having to go to the line a ton, and yeah, I made a couple big ones late to help make it a two-score game. Then you got to play like Sydney Adams, who has just been the, uh, you know, kind of the, the playoff, the, the unsung playoff hero of this run for Allen. Um, you know, she, uh, I mean, Sydney Adams coming off of what I don't think is any stretch to say, one of the best weeks of her life. So on Tuesday, <laughs> she hits the game winner on a putback to beat Saxe. Sydney Adams, who's 5'3", five, 5'4", five, most times the smallest player on the floor. She hits a putback, you know, amid all that to send, uh, you know, Allen to the, uh, you know, to the fourth round. Then against Hendrickson, she doesn't play at all the first three quarters, gets subbed in at the start of the fourth and has to guard Michaela Woods, who is Hendrickson's star scorer. She had one of the most incredible performances I've ever seen out of a high school player. She had 40 points against Allen, 20 points through the first quarter and a half, and the degree of difficulty on some of those oh. shots that she was hitting, I, I mean, I tweeted that she was going full Steph Curry with some of the threes that she was Yikes. creating for herself. I mean, just some insane, insane shot making. And you know, she has to she you know a collective effort there, but she's right at the forefront of just shadowing her and having to lock down just an absolute just surging uh, Hendrickson offense. And then um, she draws the start against Prosper on Saturday, and she uh, scores a scores a team high fifteen points, leads the team in scoring, mm. including some huge, huge clutch makes. Uh, to really put uh, put Allen back in control when they were making that comeback. And then uh, the day after on Sunday, it was her birthday. So <laughs> a uh, solid week for Sydney Adams, no doubt. And, um, yeah, Allen is now bound for the uh, bound for the state semifinals. They get a Converse Judson team that is as seasoned as any team in the state. This is their third consecutive appearance in the state semifinals, including, uh, you know, last season they were the state runner-up. Almost took down Plano. They're actually up uh, in pretty, uh, I want to say they had like a double-digit lead or something in the yeah. second half of that game before they let it get away. Um, you know, they've got three out of five starters back from that team. And so yeah, we'll see kind of how that if that experience plays a you know plays a role in this. But um, I mean, you have an Allen team that is just playing with all the confidence in the world right now. I mean, having just weathered. I mean, their their record in close games this season is just is, is nuts. <laughs> so yeah, we'll uh, we'll see what it all means. But um, you know, that is a look at the very least at uh, at the two uh, state bound programs that we have at five A and six A. We almost had one over in five A at least as far as uh, you know getting to the uh, to the regional finals. Uh, the Colony had its run come to a close yep. in a, a really really. Uh, I don't know if we want to say uh, controversial, just nail-biting fashion, but they uh, yeah. they lost a tough one to Amarillo. Yeah, the defending state champs ranked number two in the state, Amarillo. So mm-hmm. they were out in Snyder, which is out west, I'm told. I'm not mm-hmm. really <laughs> too familiar with Snyder, Texas, at mm-hmm. West Texas College there. But, yeah, they played um, Friday afternoon, so I was um, you know covering a boys game later, so I was kind of following this one on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Colony got out to a great start. They were up. 25-10 after the first quarter. They were up 35-31 at halftime. And then Amarillo kind of starts to make a charge, and then I just see the tweet that says, final score, the Colony 66, Amarillo 68. And mm. I was like, oh, no. I hope it didn't come down to the buzzer. And then when I talked to Coach Pastisic, Coach Davis, whatever we call her, <laughs> um, 
Jeez. Yeah, I was the buzzer, and I felt really bad. So, um, so what happens is the colony is actually down three late, and then so Jewel Spear, who had a big four-point play to tie up the game in the last wow. minute in the first round, so she gets fouled. She makes all three free mm-hmm. throws to tie the game at 66. So Amarillo gets the ball. They come down. The colony gets the sp- the stop, and Jewel Spear gets the rebound, and Amarillo gets a steal and puts the ball right in the basket to win the game at the buzzer. And mm-hmm. all my reports are that it was definitely a foul. That It was not mm-hmm. a, you know, she got raked across the arm. Mm-hmm. Maybe the ball was already coming out a little bit, got raked across the arm. Amarillo picks it up right by the basket and just scores the, right mm-hmm. there, I think. You know, no timeouts left, so there might have been a second, but by the time the colony tried to inbound the ball, like, the game was over. Have you seen video on social media of the I sequence? I haven't seen or? any video yeah. of anything, no. I don't. That's surprising. Not, so many in the stands yeah, had to be recording. Yeah. But, no, I haven't seen it yet. I talked to Coach Davis, you know, late on Friday after the boys' game. And I was like, sorry to call so late. She's like, oh, there's not much sleeping going on over here tonight. <laughs> um, so, real bummer. You know, it sounds like Timia Jones was having a really good game, but she was in foul trouble. She ended mm-hmm. up fouling out with about four minutes left. Uh, she finished with 14 points, but, you know, Coach Davis said that they weren't able to stop her or keep her out of the paint. So, that was a big blow for the colony when they lost her. And so, you know, when she's down, it's pretty much... Jewel is the main option, mm-hmm. and of course she gets 30 points again. She scored 20, at least 25 in every playoff game this yeah. year. Um, but just a bummer. It sounds like you know, from the colony's perspective, you know, Jewel Spear got the rebound and got fouled and should have been going to the line to put the shoot the go-ahead of free throws mm-hmm. with about five seconds left, and instead Amarillo gets possession and scores right before the buzzer. So, and then Amarillo would go on to take down number one Timberview the next day in the finals. So they're going to state. So. I believe that game was also decided by two points. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows how the colony would have fared if they drew? If they drew Timberview. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. That was forty-seven forty-five against Timberview the next wow. day. Bummer for the colony though. So, you know, two years ago, Jade Williams' final year, they you know had that big win over Lone Star, mm-hmm. and then they lose in a pretty close game to Timberview in the fourth round of regionals. Then mm-hmm. last year, they lose pretty much like in the last minute to Liberty in the third round. So they get back to the fourth round again this year, and then another really. Probably the toughest of the three losses yeah. if you're looking at their seniors and mm-hmm. juniors that have played in all three of those games. Mm-hmm. Let's see. We can uh, round this out with a quick look at, um, before we get to our student-athlete spotlight interview, actually a nice way to segue into that. Um, we got the, some private school state championships that are going to be awarded later on this week. Um, and we've always, at least around the Plano area, there's always a, a, a pretty strong basketball tradition between Prestonwood and John Paul II. And we have uh, three of those programs are going to be headed to... Uh, down, I guess, around the, uh, I guess, west, <laughs> the west area, a couple hours south. But um, nevertheless, uh, yeah, the Prestonwood boys and girls are headed to state, the John Paul boys as well. We're actually going to get John Paul versus Prestonwood in the boys' state semifinal. Ooh. Always uh, nice when the two, uh, when they're, you meet your chief rival there in a, uh, in a, uh, in a game of that magnitude. I want to say this is, i got to look back, maybe the fourth or fifth time that Prestonwood and John Paul have played in the state semifinals or later. Wow. Um, so yeah, there's plenty of history there. Um, you know, Preston, what I believe has won all those meetings. But um, I don't know. Could be different this year because uh, you know, on the one hand, obviously they played during the regular season. John Paul won both games. This is a, I mean, this John Paul team is this is as talented a John Paul team as they've had in years. Just a lot of, you know, lots of uh, a team that can really, lots of athleticism, lots of uh, size and length. They can really get up and 
run on you. Um, and you know they're making their first semifinal appearance since 2014. Um, Prestonwood, meanwhile, kind of a you know a, an unorthodox year for Prestonwood, just without that. Uh, you know, the first year in a while that they haven't had a uh, you know a surefire you know blue chip prospect there to run the offense through. You know, Justin Webster transferring during the offseason out to I want to say a, a private school in Virginia, a military academy. Um, but nevertheless, though Prestonwood, which Is that Hargrave could be. Um, so you had a uh, you know Preston Wood. They were unranked entering the playoffs. They went f- just 500 in district, and yet they just I don't know the light bulb was switched on in the playoffs, and they were able to upset you know number six ranked Fort Worth Nolan, number three ranked Bishop Lynch, and just like that, Preston Wood is now in the state semifinals for the 11th consecutive year. So what a uh, yeah just another another just chapter and just one of the most storied private school dynasties <laughs> that you'll uh, you'll find in Texas. And then um, on the girls side, yeah you got a uh, a fascinating matchup between uh, two other district rivals, Prestonwood and Bishop Lynch, the top two ranked teams in the state. Because of the way the brackets are structured in TAPS, you're having these two teams play in the semis versus the finals. Um, not sure I'm entirely in line with that logic, but um, nevertheless, you've got a, uh, you know, they split, you know, the, uh, the head-to-head during the, uh, during the regular season. Um, you know, it's Prestonwood with their I mean, their core that has just been together forever, you know, Peyton Hicks, Claire Traeger, uh, Jordan Webster, Morgan Hervey, um, you know, they've, uh, this is now the, uh, the seventh straight year that the Prestonwood girls have been in the state semifinals. This specific core, though, is seeking its first state championship, and yeah, they meet a, a Bishop Lynch team that has one of the best pound-for-pound players in the country, Angia Rogers, a uh, USC commit who's already, I believe, has, she might have a 50-point game under her belt this season. She's already got a couple 40, a couple, uh, you know, 40 burgers. So um, we'll uh, yeah we'll see. So they split during the regular season. So uh, yeah we'll have that rubber match on uh, on Friday evening. The uh, the Prestonwood John Paul boys game oddly enough is at 9 a.m. Thursday down at Robinson High School in okay. Robinson Texas. And then the girls don't play until six o'clock Friday. So a little bit of where is Robinson Texas near West? It's yeah mean? it's near West yeah. Like so kind of on the way to Waco. Yeah yeah it's of? a couple hours south. Um, so uh, yeah, hmm. that is a um, that is at least a quick synopsis of what's going down in the uh, on the Taps uh, State Tournament Hardcourt later this week. On a similar note, um, just mentioned the Prestonwood girls, and I was out there this morning to talk with um, a couple of the aforementioned players, Peyton Hicks and Claire Traeger, for our student athlete spotlight. I'm um, just discussing their uh, their latest run to uh, to state and just um, kind of how they're feeling at this juncture of the season. Plus, a look back on their uh, respective careers as well, and we will see what they had to say after a word from the sponsor. Today's podcast is brought to you by Star Local Media, 14 newspapers and websites with a print distribution of 270,000 homes and monthly page views of 600,000 online. Star Local Media, your community voice for news. And now, let's get back to the podcast. We are out here at Prestonwood Christian Academy talking with Peyton Hicks and Claire Traeger, uh, two members of the uh, of the state-bound Lady Lions basketball team. Uh, Prestonwood bound for the state tournament for, I believe, the seventh consecutive year, so congratulations on getting back to state, and thank you for uh, taking the time to chat today. So I guess some, um, yeah, I guess you know, seven consecutive trips to state. I mean, you've, you know, you've been, you've been to state every year of your high school careers. Just talk a bit about just how proud you are to see this team back within two wins of a, of a state championship. Each year, I feel like it's just, you're just blessed to have the opportunity to come closer and closer each year. And some people just don't have the opportunity to um, get to this um, point. So I just, I think, I think we've come so close these last uh, three years, you know, we've Miss it by one game, but um, it's so good to be back and this year we're, we are determined to uh, finish the job and get state championships. 
Now this team has a has a ton of chemistry. I mean, the core of this team has played together for several years. Um, just kind of thinking back to you know when y'all first started playing together up until now. Just how much has this team grown? And just what is that bond like on and off the court between y'all? I just feel like each year we've gotten closer and we just started to mature out on the court more. So I just feel like we've bonded really well this year and we've gotten closer to each one of each other. And so I just feel like like that helps a lot on the court to like know you trust your teammate and like oh yeah they'll make this shot. So I just feel like it's helped a lot. We do we do a lot of team bonding hang out like all the time together. So I think that helps and uh, yeah we just have a lot of trust in each other. And, you know, just trust each other to get the job done. And now, Peyton, you know, Coach Mulligan has talked a lot about your growth as a, uh, as a as a true point guard over the years. Um, just kind of thinking back, how have you seen your game kind of evolve, you know, all the way up through your senior year? Well, I feel like I've just matured more in my game to, like, know, like, what to do in this situation and, like, oh, this situation is supposed to do this. So, like, I just feel like I've matured over the years and, like, actually became, like, a true point guard and start leading more and, like, talking to my teammates out on the court so, like, they know what to do and they'll look for me like I'm their coach on the floor. So. And uh, Claire, I mean, you've got one of the more relentless motors of any uh, of any basketball player in the area. Just talk about where does that mentality come from when you're out there on the floor? Um, I just try to be in every play. I try to get my hands on the ball all the time. Um, just really try to help my teammates out and um, do whatever coach or um, Peyton needs me to do or any of my other teammates. So. And now uh, looking ahead to Friday, um, a matchup that y'all have plenty of familiarity with. Another another crack at Bishop Lynch. Just some some initial thoughts on uh, on that rubber match with the uh, with the Lady Friars. Well, we just have to execute our offense, and we have to box out and rebound, and we can't let them um, get fast breaks like they have been. We have to get back on defense and execute. So, yeah, I think uh, taking it possession by possession, um, just thinking quarter by quarter instead of just the whole game as a whole, and just. Uh, doing our job because always talks about getting the job done. They so. all are one and one against Lynch this season. Um, just how big was it just for whether it was confidence or momentum? How big was it to get a win over them in the last meeting with y'all? Well, I just feel like that boosted our confidence, like knowing that like we can actually do it. And like we have that under our belt so like we know we can do this without the win. I think uh, we won't go in too confident. We'll kind of be humble about this, but just know that we have a win under our belt. And they do too, but uh, And uh, y'all won't be the only Prestonwood basketball program represented at State. The boys were able to punch their ticket. I know it's been a bit of an up-and-down season for the boys compared to usual, but for them to be back at State, have both teams in action this week, just how proud is that to have both programs represented at State like that? I feel like it is very proud that Prestonwood is like the only team that has both the boys and the girls going mm-hmm. to the Final Four. So I just feel like that makes our school the best. So. We're super proud of our guys, and uh, we know they're proud of us. And so just having them back and, you know, now, regardless of, of the outcome this weekend, this is the uh, this is the last week of your high school basketball oh, careers. I mean, so uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, when you think about about just all the hard work that it's taken to get to this point, just what are you gonna just remember most about your careers here at Prestonwood? Um, I feel like that's tough like I don't know I don't think it's hit me yet that like I'm actually this is my last two games playing in this uniform and it's just kind of sad when you think about it that like you'll never have this back again so I just feel like the memories like will always be there and um I don't know what I'm going to do next year it's just sad but yeah it's super sad uh, senior night didn't really hit me either yet so these two games are going to be uh, super sad but um, we're going to cherish every moment, um, finish this year out strong, and uh, come out 
come out with the dub. Yeah, just come out with that W. So take right. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that is all I had for y'all. Uh, once again, yeah, Prestonwood versus Bishop Lynch in the Tap State semifinals Friday night. Uh, yeah, it should be a fun one. Top two ranked private school programs in the state. Should be a good one. Hey, best of luck to y'all Friday. Thank you for taking the time to chat. Welcome back to the Starkville Media High School Sports Podcast. Uh, thanks again to Peyton Hicks and Claire Traeger for joining us for the Student Athlete uh, Spotlight. Uh, we've uh, swapped out everybody but Brian. I'm still uh, here. I'm Taylor Raglan, Kendra Johnson also here as well, and uh, we're going to get into a little bit sadder, a little bit, a uh, little bit of a downer for the boys half of the uh, of the podcast. We lost a lot of uh, a lot of teams uh, in the second uh, the second round of the boys playoffs. We only have what three still going, I think, something yeah. like that on the two, boys two, side. Two of them fight straight up. Yeah, and two of them. Me and Kendrick might fight by the end of this podcast. <laughs> so. Well, let's start. Let's start with uh, you know some of the teams that uh, some of the teams that we did lose. Um, you know, a lot of losses. I know JT, Hebron, Louisville, Coppell um, were all bounced. Um, I had Allen, Lovejoy, Plano West all bounced. Did you say Little Elm? Yeah, yeah, Little Elm gets bounced by uh, Timberview, a really good Timberview team who will get the Colony correct coming up. So you can talk about that one a little bit later. But um, I guess let's start with uh, with Allen and, and Lovejoy. It, for me, it's kind of. You know, Allen was was still a, a very good program this year. Obviously, they had to adapt a lot. Um, they became much more centric around you know Isaiah Stevens and, and ran into a shoemaker team that you know it sounded like a good game. Um, you know, it sounded like a game that that was kind of back and forth, a game that that was winnable, and, and, and shoemaker ended up winning by I think five or six points. Let me see. Uh, the final score was uh, sixty to fifty-five. So. You know, no shame um, going down in the second round for Allen, a year in which, you know, it's kind of crazy, 33-4 and four overall. And their four losses, I believe, were Jesuit, Jesuit, Geyer, Shoemaker. Yikes. <laughs> Something like that. So, I mean, there's no shame in any of those losses. Um, you know, like I said, it was a much different team. Um, you know, the, the regime changed from one McCall brother to another. Um, kind of a change to, like I said, more centric on Isaiah Stevens at, at the point. Um, and, and kind of everything going through him. But, you know, still a good season. Just ran into a, a good Shoemaker team, um, you know, in the second round. And, and uh, Allen will be done as, as well as Lovejoy, uh, who it sounds like, you know, I didn't get out to see the Leopards a lot this season, but it sounds like it was a year where, you know, they, they kind of made a late run to get into the postseason last year, didn't have very much success, and then this year brought everybody back um, and, and had one of those years really where you kind of mature and grow and take that next step. So, you know, they make the postseason, they beat Frisco by a point, 34-33, and then they get knocked out by Highland Park in the second round, 57-35, didn't sound super competitive. But at the same time, you know, it seems like a good year uh, for Lovejoy, something to build off of, kind of building toward, um, you know, you look at teams like the Lake Dallas Girls, teams like that where you're building off momentum, you're kind of growing, you're working towards something, you're working towards stretching your program success other than, you know, just one good year. You're trying to be like those, you know, those Frisco Liberties and, and Lone Stars on the girls' side where, you know, year after year after year you're there and in the conversation. So, um, Alan Lovejoy both lose. Another team, the game that I was at, one of the crazier games, really, really entertaining basketball game, Plano West loses to Rockwall uh, by a point. And it was, uh, it was controversy. I mentioned to you guys in our meeting earlier uh, before we recorded this, it was uh, it was like the Zapruder film in my mentions because I tweeted out it wasn't even a highlight. I just I was filming for the last uh, play of that game because uh, Plano West had the possession. They were inbounding the ball with no timeouts and like 8.4 seconds, something like that. So obviously I'm filming in case they you know hit a game winner, do anything crazy, um, and it ends up just you know Dalen Miner gets the ball off the inbound. Um, or I believe somebody else got it, maybe uh, Christian Green and passed it to Dalen Miner. Uh, the West Point guard has it up at the top, finds Chase Ross in the corner, and Rockwell gets a hand in his face, 
Um, in the video, man, I, I had people doing screenshots. I had people. I'm not calling at the end of the game. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it, it looks bad when you stop the video. You have the ability to stop the video frame by frame and try to see if his, you know, if he was fouled, if he got a hand, you know, too much in his face, if he hit his arm. If, mm-hmm. It's it's easy when you can go back and stop it and look at it and pause it. But in the moment, you know, it didn't strike me, um, you know, as something that should have been called and, and maybe changed the outcome of the game, but. Really, really entertaining game. Uh, Rockwell advances barely <laughs> by the skin of the teeth, 57-56. Uh, really, you know, evenly matched. A really fun game from the start. It started with a, an alley oop to Samuel uh, Williamson of Rockwell, and then it, it just never stopped from there. How awesome is he? I haven't awesome, got to dude. see him play he, he's, he's really good. You know, West actually did a really good job. Um, they had sophomore Alex Zambi on him uh, for a lot of the game, and and they held him to I believe. I mean, he still got 16 points, but he's one of those players yeah. where you know, he's going to get his points. It's almost like if we can limit him to somewhere between 15 and 20, he's going to get that, you know, in his sleep. But it, it, can we limit him from doing that that extra 10 points, that extra, you know, game inside? Because, I mean, I think he's 6'7", um, super athletic. That's what I was telling Matt earlier. He's one of those guys that, you know, it's hard in basketball sometimes if you don't know a team or haven't seen him. Um, they have one really good uh, athlete, one super highly, highly rated guy. Um, if they're just doing layup lines and stuff and nobody's dunking or doing anything crazy, you can't really tell. But, you know, I walk in that gym and, and Rockwell was warming up and I was like, that's probably him. Like, he's just one of those guys that kind of has yeah. that air about him and, and super athlete. Um, but, you know, a good year for Plano West. Um, that was a winnable game, obviously. It came down. It, it felt like one of those games that was going to come down to the last possession uh, the entire time, and it did. Um, no shame in, in losing to that Rockwell team. They're really good. They have Williamson, uh, Alec Grandstaff. Um, they limited him pretty well, too. I mean, I think he had 12 points all on threes, but he's had some games where, you know, he's made. Nah. Yeah, they, I mean, he's he's lethal from outside. So, you know, a good effort from West, a good bounce back year after missing the postseason a year ago. Um, they're in good shape. They bring back some really impactful sophomores and juniors. So, um, you know, no shame for any of these teams, really. All good seasons, but but they're all out. So. <laughs> My name was actually crazier than yours. Um, McKinley North played Charles and Dumas at Hebron. It was 37-34, and for like the last two minutes, then they called timeouts. They, the coaches get cute when they call timeouts. And the pivotal moment was Newman Smith had a legit five-second count, and usually they don't call that. Yeah. They, I looked back on tape. It was clear. It was actually they gave my yeah. uh, the, the extra yeah. second. That they almost the, they the, don't want to call it at yeah. school almost. They like they're like do it in slow. They're like come on, but yeah. yeah. And so and then um um. Little little use chase um, and and Tosca is a reserve for the um, the Bulldogs came off the bench he had missed a shot or two earlier shoots the biggest shot of the season drains the three sends the game in overtime everybody's pumped up well, get this the guy had no points until the last three three points they start overtime it's a four minute mark and um, Murphy's used to this from um, watching North play Coach Kraft is very strategic. He pulls everybody back. Mm-hmm. So the guys really hold them off like a minute, like yeah. chilling. And then they start playing and basically took a minute off. So overtime's technically three minutes. Right. In that three minutes, he scored eight points to wow. to finish with eleven. And um he scored eight of the last nine points. So he he came from being I won't say zero, but he came from being little known to a North legend and now they ride off to the third round to play um yeah. Murphy's lone star <laughs> squad over there. Kendrick, I'm sorry to break this to you. But North season is going to come to an end tomorrow night. Yeah, why to Lone is Star. Lone Star is on a tear. Right uh, 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 North on a 15 game win streak. 
how are these? How are they winning these games though? Because Lone Star, they're coming off a forty-five point win over Woodrow Wilson, and then a twenty-six point win over Denison to start the playoffs. Lone Star is rolling right now. They had I think six guys in double figures uh, against Woodrow Wilson, and I saw, that's something interesting I just saw. Woodrow Wilson beat Newman Smith earlier in the year, and North barely beat Newman Smith, and then Lone Star beat Woodrow Wilson by forty-five. So the math holds on that one. Lone Star should win. What's your spread? All I'm saying is Lone Star is going to win. They're 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 balling right now. They were they were still you know, give me a spread. Put a pep still. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> Make it a coat. <laughs> I, uh, they were expecting to play South Garland in the second round, and Woodrow Wilson somehow upset South Garland in double overtime in the first round. So then they play Woodrow Wilson instead of playing state ranked South Oak Cliff, who's always a basketball powerhouse. South Garland, South Garland, South Oak Cliff. Oh, South Garland plays Rockwall. Yeah. Oh man, I want to go to that game. <laughs> Watch that game. You're gonna see future NBAers in that game. Tyrese Maxey's that guy. Chris Harris. <laughs> Chris Harris is good too, man. Going to. Yeah. NBA. I'm not saying he's an NBA player, but he. he can I'm saying Tyrese man. Maxey is. He's yeah. going to Kentucky. Yeah, Tyrese Maxey. Yeah, everyone knows about Maxey. He's he's a future lottery pick, but. Chris Harris is a stud too, and you get to see the kids from Rockwall. But I, man, I, I just think Lone Star's rolling right now, man. I, I, I don't, I don't see. I don't the see thing North Side gives you problems. You got um, uh, Big Brandon Frazier, one of the best tight ends in the state. He's got like twenty-two offers for football, but he's putting up eighteen ten. Are we talking football players playing basketball? Because Lone Star's got those too, man. I would say he's, 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 he's putting up eighteen ten, and he had a big dunk the other day. Um, they. Um, do one off the backboard. He catches on two helpless Newman Smith defenders. You go to his Twitter right now. It's got like three point six thousand views. Really? Yeah, he caught the backboard. How tall is Frazier? Frazier six seven. Six seven. Okay. And his mother's six four. Who's a good athlete? Who they that can um, they can go for matchups. But the thing about North is they're very strategic and they're very sound defensively. I think in the two different the two games they've given up uh, in regulation they gave up thirty seven and then uh, a game against um, Frisco Wakeland they gave up twenty seven. So they're gonna make it. It's gonna like uh, I like to say they have the mentality. If it ain't rough, it ain't right. They're gonna they're gonna rough it up. Lone <laughs> so Star's big too. They have a forward named Isaiah Lewis, but he plays kind of like a shooting guard. He's six six. They have another big guy named Brock Zare. He's about six three, six four, but he he's a wide body. So that's not gonna be no run, run away. I can tell you now. They're gonna slow the game I, down. We'll see. They're gonna they, make it rough and tumble. What, what's gonna what? Lone Star, they'll win big if their three point shots falling. Marvin Mims. We all know the type of athlete he is on the football field. Great athlete. He just picked up an offer from Oklahoma just a few days ago. Uh, but you know, I saw him hit four threes in the first quarter against Innocent. And he can light it up. He, he, he'll have the chase down block. He'll have the electric dunk. He'll, hit, he'll knock down five threes in the game. Then you have Julian Larry, their, their, their floor general at point guard. He is their best player. He is a stud. He just picked up an offer, I think, for they Sam They have a postman? Do with, with Big Frazier down low? We'll see. I mean, they're, they're a big team. Like I said, they have Isaiah Lewis, who's about 6'6". Six, six. He's long. Uh, Brock Zare, they, they have some guys. They're they're a deep squad, and but like I said, if their three point shot is falling, it could be dangerous for North. If they're missing threes, which is their bread and butter, when it comes down to their outside shooting, if they're missing, they're not hitting. North North could uh, this could be their day, but it, man, this is but where the dudes they, they went undefeated in district and win on a fifteen game win streak. Lone Star went sixteen and two in district. So that's a lot of district that's games. That's a lot of district games. Speaking of a lot, and, and speaking of three-point shooting, I did want to mention this one note from, from Justin's markets. Um, you know, we mentioned that Hebron and Lewis Hole both lost. Coppell also lost. The final score, uh, Lake Ridge taking down Coppell 72-60. to 60. So they, they lose by 12, but Jalen Lake for, for Lake Ridge 
Anybody want to take a shot at how many threes that dude made by himself that game? Seven. Nine. Oh Nine three-pointers for himself. So, I mean, it's... It's like I mean, shooting it, by himself in the gym. It, yeah. And, and, I mean, and the Coppell, you know, head coach, um, you know, Quinn Schnell, he, he said after the game, basically said as much, like, there's only so much you can do if a guy's going to go off and have nine threes. Yeah. I mean, what are you, you going to do about that? So, the Cowboys go home. Uh, as I mentioned, the Hawks go home. The Farmers go home. But one team's still playing, the Colony. Yeah. Um, you know, and they get Timberview, which, you know, you saw beat Little Elm. So, talk a little bit about, you know, Little Elm, Timberview, and, and what the Colony has waiting for them in, in that matchup. So, I've seen Little Elm play the Colony, and I most recently saw Little Elm play Mansfield, Timberview. Mm-hmm. And Timberview, they don't, they're not, they're not like South Garland. They're not like Little Elm. They're not like Northwest, these other state-ranked teams that have that you know, super stud like an RJ right. or Tyrese Maxey, Avery Anderson, whatever. But Timberview, they have, you know, their entire starting lineup can score 20 right. any given night. They had three guys score at least 17 uh, against the Lobos. They just had no answer, and, and RJ got off to a slow start in this game. Mm-hmm. I mentioned earlier on the on the other podcast, on our awards podcast, uh, you know, he started the game one for nine with five points at halftime. And it's like, man, what, what's going on? And then he proceeds to score 24 alone in the second half. But it just it wasn't enough that – Timberview is that type of team where they're just so deep, so good. They'll they can beat you in so many ways. They had a, a six foot six post player, uh, Trezarian White. He had twenty two points, and it was just the smoothest, quietest twenty two points. Their point, the best player on their on the floor that game for Timberview was a five eight point guard, C.J. Smith. He was just almost unguardable. Brandon Crossley did a great job on him, by the way, uh, at times. But you know, he was when he got an open look from three, he was knocking it down. It's like who, which guy's going to beat you? You know, it's, you can't. It's almost easier to play a team like Little Elm, you know, because you know, okay, RJ Hampton's going to get thirty. Let's make the other guys beat us. But when you play a team like Timberview, ranked number three in the state, it's like, all right, this guy's about to hit, score fifteen. This guy's about to grab twelve rebounds and score, you know, thirteen. This guy's about to score twenty-five. It's like, what are you going to do? And the Colony, they're going to have their hands full uh, against Timberview. We'll we'll see. They're going to need Bryce Opo to have a big game. They're going to need lots of threes from Luis Rodriguez. Um, yeah, okay, Keith uh, Keith Miller. They're going to need that. They're they're going to need a big game from all their guys to be able to hang with with the Timberview squad. That's as deep uh, as as they are. Little I'm assistant head coach Nigel Smith told me after the game, Timberview is right up there with South Garland as the best team they've faced all year. That's high praise. Absolutely. Well, guys, I guess that'll just about do it for our uh, our little postseason podcast early this week. Uh, that's the boys' side, as we mentioned, kind of a, a little bit of a downer. Uh, lost a lot of teams, but still some going, so a lot of action on the girls' side for all of us. So uh, that'll do it for this episode of the Star Media High School Sports Podcast. We'll be back later in the week with our basketball Oscars, giving out some awards for, uh, you know, best actor, best actress, you know, best boys and girls player, best team, best picture, all that good stuff. So uh, you guys take care, have a good start to your week, and we'll talk to you then. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all, StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com.
Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.